0: What's up, everyone? This is episode 255 of the Wax Museum Podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle, and as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast, my ex account is at Wax Museum PC. All right, well, you guys heard me talk all about flux on episode 254. And over the course of the past week, there were a few of you that came out of the woodwork and messaged me about some of the parallels you really like. My Pacers Flux Binder is starting to take shape, and it turns out I am not alone. So I appreciate you guys reaching out, uh, those of you that did. Now, when I talked about status a few years ago, I remember someone labeled me a status truther, whatever that means. And I'm working on a future mailbag episode, and in one of the questions, Chatri asked me what the Flux equivalent of a status truther would be. And, and I thought that was a good question. I cannot think of anything at the present time. So maybe I need your guys' help with that. If you think of something, please let me know. In the meantime, I feel like I've got another fun episode for you this week. In today's main segment, I've got a conversation with someone who has forgotten more about Tony Kukoc cards than any of us will ever know. And that's collectively. And we'll finally learn what the three letters at the end of his Instagram handle stand for. I've known him for years now and I've never asked until now. So you want to make sure to stay tuned for that. All right, but first I've got a couple pieces of mail I want to talk about. The first one coincidentally found its way to me thanks to a tip from today's guest. It is a 2004-2005 Topps pristine cyan printing plate of Ron Artest. And I know a ton of printing plates have come out during the Panini era, and a lot of people aren't big on them. Uh, I'm not big on the Panini ones either, although I do like the thinner plates from their earlier releases. Uh, I do, however, like pre-Panini plates quite a bit, which mostly came from Tops. although Upper Deck started using them a little more as the 2000s continued on. I made a comment in the past that printing plates used to be a big deal. I don't remember if I said this online or on the show or whatever but there were definitely some people that disagreed with that. They said, "No, you know, you're wrong. They were never a big deal." So maybe that was just me speaking for myself, but I know when I was collecting Roner tests in the 2000s, printing plates felt really special to me, and I only had two of them back then, which I unfortunately sold when I moved some of my stuff a little bit down the line, but they felt really important to me, and I still don't have a lot of Pacers' Uh, pre-Panini Ron Artest plates, and it's been several years since I've seen one, uh, a tops plate for him show up. Like I alluded to earlier, I wouldn't have even seen this one had Jeff not been looking out for me. He saw this in a Facebook sale and sent me a screenshot. It was from some group I'm not a part of, and I couldn't get access to it immediately. So I asked Jeff if he could claim it for me, and then of course we would work things out after that. So I'm very thankful to have landed that one this past week. So thanks again, Jeff. The second card I want to talk about is a 2020 Panini Immaculate College Jumbo Patch of Aaron Neesmith, numbered three of five. And last week with that whole flux segment, my goal was to show that sometimes our collecting tastes can change. And oftentimes these changes are prompted by events that are out of our control. The Pacers currently have not one, not two, not three, not four, but five players on their roster that were drafted in 2020, uh, none of which that were drafted by the Pacers themselves, mind you, but five players on the roster that were drafted in 2020. So all of their rookie stuff, of course, is in other uniforms. And then on top of that, 2020 was the first year where we started getting non-associated relics for rookies, uh, which I hate. I have not made that a secret at all. You guys know that. So to sum up, these guys don't have any NBA player worn stuff for their rookie year, and then their only rookie game-worn stuff was in Flawless, and that can get a little pricey. Well, this summer, Vintage Pacers Steve convinced me to break my no-college-cards rule and pick up a college RPA for Tyrese Halliburton, with the main reason being the college stuff from 2020 is actually player-worn. And in retrospect, I'm very happy I made that decision, obviously, and I've, I've talked about that card before, I won't go into it again. Well, Aaron Neesmith has been great for the Pacers, And similar to Tyrese Halliburton, when I watch him play, I want to pick up some of his cards. I have a nice prism gold in a Pacers uniform, but you guys know my main interest is, and always has been, the relics. So I started looking at RPAs, and I stumbled across this jumbo patch, which doesn't have an auto, although it came up in that search, but it is a jumbo patch that's player worn, and it's numbered to five. And if I ever decide to get rid of it, it seems like a card a Vanderbilt collector would still appreciate quite a bit. It would be one that I I think not only could I get rid of it, I could probably even make a little money off of it if I wanted to, because the best part is I got it for a little over $20 shipped. And that seemed like a no brainer to me for such a great looking card. So I'll try to remember at some point over the next week to post that on social media so you can take a look at it for yourself. All right, before I move into today's conversation, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you in part by ComC.com, your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 33 million cards, from basketball's biggest stars like LeBron James and Kevin Durant, to Marvel favorites like Spider Man, Thor, and Captain America. ComC has something for every type of collector. Visit ComC.com today to build your collection. With your favorite cards. Okay, and then, real quick, some of you have asked me for ways you can help support this show. The easiest way is my eBay affiliate link. And using this link costs you absolutely nothing, just an extra 30 seconds or so of your time, but it helps support the show. To access this link, simply go to waxmuseumpodcast.com, click the eBay logo, shop as planned. So, whatever you are going to buy anyway, just click my link first, and the show gets a small commission in the process. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. This is Josh, aka Mitten State Collector on Instagram. You are listening to the Wax Museum Podcast, the best podcast by someone with a secret Pistons PC. Okay, so joining me today is someone that has looked out for me in this hobby for years now. In fact, he still sends me multiple eBay listings every week, some of which I've missed in my normal searches, we were talking about that earlier. That's no small feat because I do a lot of searching during the week. This individual is one of the surviving player collectors from the nineties and two thousands. And you might know him from Instagram where he posts under the handle at KU ITB. The first part of course refers to hall of famer, Tony KU the last three letters. I think we should make the listeners at home. Guess what those stand for it's ITB. And then maybe we can reveal that at the end of today's conversation, Jeff, is that too much of a teaser or or what do you think about that?
1: I think that's a great idea, Kyle. And I'm definitely interested to see what answers I get because I have gotten a few over the years that that make me laugh, so.
0: Yeah, you you sent me one the other day that uh, I really enjoyed, which we won't say (laughs) even when we do reveal it because it's not (laughs) uh, family friendly. But uh, yeah, I I was curious myself and and I don't know if you've revealed it to me over the years, but uh, I had to ask this week. And like I said, we'll we'll tease that and we'll have you reveal that at the end here. So um, I think people in the hobby that know you or know of you know you primarily as the Tony Kukoach guy. And for what it's worth, I, that's a title you should be proud of. At the same time, a lot of people that call you that probably have no idea how exactly that identity came about because it, it certainly didn't happen overnight. So before we get too far in today, why don't you go ahead and run us through your collecting history? And feel free to take whatever time you need here.
1: All right, hopefully you got a couple hours because I can talk. So yeah, started out, was about probably about six, seven years old, uh, was at the Iowa State Fair, which is the best state fair in the world. And they had um, like a flea market and uh, they had uh, there was a seller that had hundred count boxes of 85 tops and somebody had dropped one and it had shattered and the cards just went everywhere and they left them. And so my dad and I walked around and picked them all up and we just thought we were we were going to be rich cuz we found all these base 85 tops baseball cards on the on the ground and uh, that kind of started us off and you know we definitely fell into the the junk wax era of baseball um and just we were opening up tops Fleer Donruss Upper Deck you know whatever we could get our hands on but I was never really good at baseball I was I retired after 2 years of peewee <clears throat> and not getting a single hit but i did stick with baseball till uh about the 92 ish and i started a pc of mike messina who was a pitcher for the orioles um and enjoyed that and really just was mostly low end but you know would always pick up stuff that i could find it was all pre ebay so i wasn't you know wasn't going on ebay uh to search for his cards but still have you know probably. Four or five hundred different cards of his, and then he went to the Yankees. And I know you're kind of a Yankees fan. I'm not so much a Yankees <laughs> fan. So kind of soured, soured my taste on it a little bit. And then you know Jordan the Bulls kind of came on the scene. And I know he was around for a while before that, but really kind of uh, jumped he had, in. The... He hadn't
0: caught on yet, right? They really weren't marketing yeah. him like they had yeah, started uh, at that point.
1: Yeah, so I kind of, kind of noticed him, and and kind of was okay at basketball. And so I started collecting basketball and picked the Bulls as my team and was kind of picking up everything I could, you know, most, you know, it's all prior to the, the big parallels and things like that. So just was grabbing, you know, every Bulls card I could find and kind of noticed early on that this is a lot, you know, even before, you know, the the millions of products and the millions of parallels I'm like, I can't keep up getting every Jordan card, every, you know, Pippen, Horace Grant, everybody. And I was like, you know, I really should try to focus on uh, a single player. And that was kind of when Tony Kukoc came on the scene you know just kind of felt like he was dynamic and unselfish you know when you're playing with michael jordan it's not something where hey i can take the ball and you know put up 40 50 points you know but you know he could hit the big shot he could play like every position on the floor he could play guard forward center and i just kind of thought kind of enjoyed his gameplay and and uh you know stuck with it and, and uh you know decided to stick with just him and and uh been going ever since probably early 93
0: 94 now, I mean, obviously that evolved because you said at one point it was just what you could find in person. Which, hey, that might have been the state fair. I don't know. Maybe you had a shop. I know uh, you mentioned going to some shows before. So, uh, how did that evolve uh, as you continued to collect Tony Kukoc?
1: That's a that's a great question, and we have. We had a few shows that were, you know, monthly or, you know, every few months, like at some of the local malls. And there was a couple uh, smaller buildings that would host shows. Um, And I kind of just got known as the Coach guy. Um, And people would just hand me, they'd give me a stack of 100 Coach cards. And I'd go, oh, cool. You know, how much you want? They're like, just take them. I don't want them. (laughs) Just take them. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll take them. And 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 it just, people would just Hand me stacks and hand me stacks, and I mean, most of the time it would be all stuff that I had, but again, pre eBay, so it's not like, or you know, maybe eBay was even around, but it would just I didn't have internet at home, it wasn't something that uh, was readily available to me, so really, I just had you know, what I could find at local shows or local shops. And we had a few shops too, but yeah, so they would give me stacks. Well, one time they gave me a stack and um, one of his very first cards, the 1990 star picks, they came in a box set, like 50 cards. Well, they were random autographs and they were signed on the back of the card. Mm -hmm. And so I was just flipping through and putting them away and I flip it over and it's got the autograph on the back. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, this is, This is a big card. Even then it was, you know, just, you didn't see them. I mean, there's actually a lot of fakes out there on those. So be careful with those. But, and I don't know who gave it to me because multiple guys just handed me a stack of cards. Said, just take them. I don't want them. So I don't even know who gave it to me. I didn't pay anything for it. Got it for free. And I mean, it's, it's not a card that you, you see very often. Definitely. And it's probably, they didn't even realize what it was then either. Cause they just saw the coup coach on the front and said, oh, I'll put that in the stack for Jeff and didn't even think to look on the back of it.
0: Well, so eventually you did get internet at home. And I know that might seem kind of strange to some people too, but I remember having dial up and, you know, I could only get on the internet at certain times and my parents trying to make phone calls and and me disrupting that. So uh, it was quite the process in a different era. And oh. eventually you did get the internet. You did get eBay. Do you remember what that time frame when that might've been?
1: Oh and actually I don't think my my parents have internet now but I don't think when I was living with them I don't think we ever got the internet um it just wasn't something my parents weren't really into tech my mom was a nurse and my dad did uh, different different types of jobs but
0: uh you, so you mentioned ever, Iowa were you a rural area No no no
1: no no okay. it's just we just didn't we just didn't get it my brother-in-law got the internet and so I would go over to his house uh, at times or you know i'd say be like hey been on this for me or and uh so i wasn't even I know i would pay him mm-hmm. cash or whatever and he got me the one of the cards it's in my top three i don't want to spoil it too right. soon but he helped me get one of the one of my big cards so but yeah i never had internet at home until my wife and i started dating and then we we got internet so that was we've been married since oh nine and dated five years before that so like oh, early 2000s, probably. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah, it, it was a different era then. I, I actually had someone message me yesterday who, uh, well, he told me that I I really should be using a sniping service, which he's probably right. But he also yeah. mentioned that back in the day, he went into a radio shack to log on to eBay and to place a bid, uh, which I, I thought that, that probably topped any story that I could come up with from my experiences. So I, I appreciated hearing that. Now, did you take any breaks along the way? I feel like there was a few times where I where I
1: slowed down. I don't think I ever officially stopped collecting, but I would say, you know, probably pre LeBron, kind of those early 2000s. I kind of found other interests, video games, music, stuff like that, uh, and wasn't, wasn't as focused on cards at that time.
0: And then eventually you, I've seen a picture, so I know you have. I don't know what year, though, but you met Tony Kukoc, right?
1: Yep, and I actually met him twice. I uh that one I think was a Chicago Sun Time show and uh it wasn't a big show but it was at the Rosemont, but it was really small compared to a national. And I was just I was stoked to meet him and he was he was very nice and got a, a authentic Bulls jersey signed by him, not a game worn one, but one I paid a lot of money for it off of off of nba.com all sewn on and stuff um and i remember going around to the different tables like, you got any tony kukoc cards and they're like who's tony kukoc and i'm like which I, I get that a lot or you know and that's why i really lately it's like i go to shows like you got any tony kukoc and they're like who what and i'm like and i get it i know he's not you know one of the big names but is, or they go oh i got
0: some at home it's like well
1: you know what do you, are you trying to sell stuff here or are you just trying to you know, show yeah. off. well, you, do you do? I
0: mean, Tony was a he was still pretty well known then, and, and that's like I, I saw someone opening an exquisite box the other day and they didn't know who Baron Davis was, and I'm just like, man, this is uh, these are different times now. So, <laughs> yeah. um, Tony played a, a few seasons of international ball, you mentioned that star picks rookie from I think 1990, and then yeah. eventually he played in the NBA for 13 years. And I like to joke with you a little bit about him getting, I guess, I don't know if bullied is the right word uh, by the dream team. And, uh, and and we've seen that in different documentaries. They talked about that. Of course, you always counter with the game winner that he hit against the Pacers after Reggie Miller um, prematurely bowed at half court. Shouldn't so um, looking, yeah, it, it really not a good move. Looking back, do you have any favorite Coup Coach moments on the court that really stand out to you?
1: I feel like that's one. Um, and then the one, I believe it was against the Knicks in the playoffs. And I think it was, I want to say maybe 93, 94. Jordan wasn't there. Somebody lobs it over a couple guys The Ku Coach. He kind of does a one foot behind the three-point line, chucks it up, makes it as time expires. And and Steve Kerr puts his arms up. And just some of those game-winning shots. And I've tried to get some of the ticket stubs from some of his some of his game winners. Some of those are kind of tough to track down. Was yeah, that one those, of the
0: times where Pippen was upset he didn't get the last shot? I think that might have been that.
1: Yeah, I think that was the Knicks game where, and I actually got a ticket stub and I think like maybe it had a parking pass with it too. And I got it for like less than ten bucks shipped from that game. And it's like that's such an iconic game. Uh, and really, I, I I don't dislike Pippen, but not a huge fan. So hopefully the Pippen collectors don't come after me. But yeah, just kind of put a sour taste in my mouth. You know that he did. he. Wouldn't well, go out there because yeah, he I mean, Pippen
0: collector or not, I don't think it's really a defensible move because they won the game and he's sulking. So, you know, like, come on, man. But anyway, yeah. that was, you know, I'm sure he's matured. Well, we'll move on from Pippen. Um, <laughs> all right. So like I said, Tony was in the league for 13 years and he had cards all of those years as well from um, and we're talking NBA license cards. So from the yeah. 93, 94 season, all the way up to 05, 06, And when it comes to playing day stuff, it sounds like, at least from our conversations in the past, you probably acquired a lot of that years ago. And while some of it might have been cheaper back then, that doesn't necessarily mean it was any easier to come by. So you've mentioned the going to shows and you mentioned eBay a little bit, but there was this time in between before the social media era. So how did you go about hunting cards down in that time frame? Oh,
1: man, I, I don't know. I mean, really, just just locally. And I think that, uh, you know, the, the hobby message boards came in, that was probably even after, I'd say I probably didn't start till after his playing days were done, probably 2010s. So yeah, really, yeah, just it was just eBay and locally. And I'm trying to think, I mean, yeah, I really didn't. I mean, I had friends locally that would grab stuff occasionally. But uh, yeah, I would say, I'd say a majority of the rare stuff I got would be from eBay
0: okay. or you know on the, on the forums. Okay. Now I was trying to think back to some of the sets that KuCoach was in and figure out what free Panini cards he has um, that have the most parallels. And I'm not counting Flair Showcase or Topps Gold Label. Uh, those get very confusing to me. Yeah. Uh, my first guess was 2004 Finest, but then I checked and he was not included in that set. Yeah. Um, my second guess was 2005 Reflections. Well, he wasn't in that base set as well. I think he had an auto and that's yeah. it. So does Tony have any pre-Panini product that has more than, you know, let's say four or five parallels? Yeah, not
1: not too many. I was thinking, um, I mean, you could go like there's the collector's choice upper deck with all the foreign foreign variations those definitely i mean i think some get up to like 8 or 10 different languages on the back and luckily i have all of them uh well with the exception of some crash the game japanese which are like crazy rare
0: now uh, now like, and not all of that is in like the checklist either right so you've discovered yeah. some of these even in the last 5 years and i one well, i think
1: yeah, so, yeah some of them known for a while and that's a thing is i really put i feel like i could have majored in it in college I searched to the ends of the internet looking for c- what cards were made, um, you know, what parallels he was in, uh, you know, definitely looked at Worth Point a lot, luckily, before it was all taken down right. um, and feel like, you know, I've, there's some cards that just were never made. Um, mm-hmm. And I, 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 I'm glad that I did that research. And I feel like, I feel like a lot of it's gone, you know, like you said, yeah. you know, on some of your shows, uh, on YouTube, you're like, this information was there and it's just gone. And you'd think that it would just always be there because the internet's always been around. But, you know, people, st- there was a KuCoach Collectors group early on in my collecting. And I went on there and they had a checklist of what they knew. Um, and then I've just kind of adapted that. And I've got an Excel spreadsheet. And I I put down everything, you know, printing plate, everything that that pops up. I add it to my list, whether I get it or not. It's another story. You know, I try to grab what I can, uh, but the research is fun too. And I've got, so i got my Excel sheet with everything on it. And then I've got a Word document with everything that I don't have minus the one of ones because there's hundreds. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of have that double touch point. So I'm like, oh, you know, something pops up. I'm like, oh crap, I'm not sure if I have that or not. You know, I can look at both of those on my phone and, you know, just check quick and then go from there.
0: Yeah, we always tell the kids at school, you know, be careful what you post on the internet because nothing actually disappears. Well, you know, I'm not going to tell them about Worthpoint and and some of these other things. If you're if you're into hobby stuff, it'll disappear. If it's uh horrible yeah. incriminating stuff that'll ruin the rest of your life, then then no, maybe not. But uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I agree with all that. In other words, you know, you're you're going to the ends of the earth. I mean, I remember you even looking for shadow cards uh which are cards where Tony's in the background. And uh, so there was a time where I feel like player collecting um, was doable. Not that people can't collect players now, but you could reasonably try and get all the players cards and they didn't all look the same either. You know, you weren't just trying to get 44 versions of the same looking prism card. Once the Panini era rolled around, they started putting uh, Tony in some of their products. I know you picked a lot of that stuff up. Was that something you were immediately receptive to or something you sort of eased into as time went on?
1: Yeah, I think from the from the get-go, from the start, you know, I think Panini was kind of limited with how much they put put out um at least of like veteran players uh at least for Ku coach. And so I'd try to get them all. I mean, minus one-of-ones or stuff going for crazy money, you know, I'd try to pick up, you know, as many of the variations as I could. And those first few years of Panini, I think were just really top-notch. I feel like they put a lot of effort into it the quality was great yeah there were sticker autos but i still feel like they cared you know i mm-hmm. feel like it was a well-designed product and then yeah they were um, they were
0: still courting collectors at that point and then yeah, they, ex- yeah. they and then it, it dawned on them that we've got them now this is an exclusive we're married you know yeah. we can gain all the weight or do whatever we need to now yeah yeah and then yeah and then prism and i you know when prism
1: first hit i was like i'm a fan because you know i was missing tops chrome and that's kind of been probably, I would probably say that's probably my favorite product all time is Tops Chrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I'm glad that I picked that. Cause I mean, some of those cards are, are worth, you know, a, a good amount now. Um, and I was able to get them for pennies on the dollar compared to, you know, it's and it's not all about the money, but it's just, I'm glad that
0: I was able to get them. Cheap. Well, it's money you're saving. So in that exactly. sense, it's just practical. And yeah. you mentioned Prism there. I think Tony's been in three uh, aside from autographs, he's been in three prism base sets. So you had 2012, which uh, there wasn't a lot to track down there. Not a lot of parallels. Do you have the gold from 2012?
1: I, I don't. And I actually got the, there's a gold finalist. I know it's not the mm-hmm. base set, but I got that. You I think you were with me. I got it off of a, a Croatian gentleman that was at the national and he wanted 150 bucks for it. And I was like, that's just too, that's too much money. And I ended up getting it and it's worth, I mean, it's worth quite a bit more now. Yeah. Uh, so th- thankful, thankful that I got that <laughs> when I did, uh, but I don't have the base gold um, and the prices on those are just ridiculous.
0: Well, that was a lot for a finalist at the time. I yeah. I purchased the Chauncey Billups gold jersey numbered one out of 10 in a Facebook sale for $26 oh, and man. I was trying to move it for a hundred and I couldn't move it. And then, you know, eventually I traded it for around that value, but we're not, we're not going to look back. Um, (laughs) You've got your Tony though. So that's the good thing. And then he was in 2014, which had a decent amount of parallels, but it wasn't out of control. And then 2021, uh, forget about it. We're not even going to talk about that, but um, the autograph sets for Panini, and this is all products, all years. It seems like there was a stretch where Tony was in just about every one of them. Yeah. And um, he might still be, I don't know. I don't keep track of those as close as I did. And li- then Leaf started putting out Coup Coach autographs. And then I think Topps even put them in their new finest set where the guys are in street clothes. I imagine that can be a bit overwhelming, especially for post-playing day stuff. What is your current approach to all of these post-career releases and how has it developed or evolved over time? Oh, man. Well, I want to go back just a little bit on the Prism
1: fourteen fifteen. That was a beautiful set. And actually, have there's 18 total parallels, and I have 16 of the 18. The only ones I'm missing are the one-on-ones. There's a black
0: Which, and a black. Yeah, finite. two two different black ones, right? Yeah,
1: there's two different golds too. There's a gold and a gold.
0: I, it's not weight. It's like gold. It's well, there's a uh, pulsar. I think Pulsar, yeah, it's gold. For 2014. Pulsar, that's it, yeah. And yeah, then it, if that's... a player had a photo variation, there's that one too. But I don't believe Coach did. No, he, he wasn't in the Hall of Fame at
1: the time, and it still blows my mind that he's in. I mean, I feel like he deserved it. There's a lot of people out there that didn't well, think he deserved it. But yeah, again, it's the basketball Hall of Fame, not the NBA Hall I'll of Fame. I'll let you
0: say it and not me. I intentionally did not put that in this outline. Uh, but, yeah, I, I was surprised that he made it in. And, and another 93 finest guy, Dino Raja. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's incredible that they both made it in, but they did. So it is what it is
1: yeah yeah no yeah I mean I feel like if Raja got in then coach definitely belonged in but yeah I mean I was just as shocked as the next guy when they announced that he was in I mean I felt like I was getting inducted into the hall of fame (laughs) and when I met him the second time and I think we talked about a little bit there was some good and bad with it but you know I asked him if I could induct him into the hall of fame and he's like well you have to be in the hall of fame to induct someone to the hall of fame I said well but I'm getting inducted with you because I'm, I'm, I'm the co-coach guy. You are the guy, right? I'm getting inducted with you. And he picked Michael Jordan instead. I'm like, you know, I feel like he made the wrong pick.
0: But, right. You know, well, guess- you know, Tony's a, a man of technicality, so he has to <laughs> stick to the rules here. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the, those different co-coaches came out. And and like I said, it's, it's just, it's hard to keep up with them as far as newer stuff. Do you still pick up newer co-coach stuff? I've got a few uh, other Coach collectors that
1: I've met uh, fairly recently um, that sometimes pick up additional copies if they can find them for cheap. And then they trade with me for duplicates that I have, but yeah, I've really, I've slowed down. Um, I think he was in like three or four sets in the new national treasures. Um, and one of them, like they, they cut the top of his head. Like there's a Jersey patch right above his head, but they cut off the top of his head. And I'm like, really it just it's it's just an ugly card and i'm like i don't i don't plan on getting wheels i mean if somebody offers me one for like dirt cheap then yeah maybe but i'm like i'm not gonna go oh i'm gonna spend 30 40 on an ugly ugly card um so yeah i really i'm kind of picky i've kind of focused more on the non-auto stuff but really i mean almost everything they put out of kukoch anymore is a sticker auto so it's yeah you know I, i pick up some here and there but i'm not I'm not paying hundreds of dollars for a sticker auto to five. It's just, that's not right. something well, that I'm like, oh, I got to get it. So. He
0: seems to be a willing and reliable signer. And yeah. they can say they're putting another Hall of Famer in products, him and Adrian Dantley, those kind of guys. So um, I, I figure they've got tons of stickers on hand for him as well. Probably enough to last their whole run. Now switching gears here a little bit. I think another major challenge for some of the longtime player collectors like yourself has come in the last few years where values of all the rare nineties stuff is just blowing up. And like, if you didn't have a PMG green already, forget about it. That ship has sailed. At the same time, if you did have some of that stuff, like, like you do, you were offered just astronomical amounts for these cards. And this was a choice. A lot of player collectors never anticipated they'd have to make. And, And a lot of people think, you know, well, that that's a great problem to have. But at the same time, it is still a little bit stressful. Does that sound familiar to you? Have you experienced anything like this in the past couple of years?
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think there's been people over the years that reach out that I've never heard of, you know, and I'm just like, you know, obviously, if if it's somebody with low followers or not really that involved in the hobby, you know, it's just a, a flat out No. But yeah, I've had, I've had recently I've had a lot of people, and I've for many years I've had people reach out for one of my other top three cards. I don't want to spoil it just yet, and offer a a, a good chunk of money for it. It's like you know, it, it, first of all, they could at least say hi or hello or how are you doing, <laughs> right? This? Yeah, oh, no, I'm, there's
0: there's never an introduction.
1: Yeah, there's you know, politeness goes a long way. And again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sell, but you know, at least ask me how my day's going or, or something, you know, to just go, Hey, what do you need for this card? It's like,
0: Jeff, you're just a means to an end. I'm, I'm sorry to, to break the news to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've had some really, really significant offers on some cards and you know, I'm not, I'm not a stupid man. I mean, I think, you know, like you say, cards, cards have a price. Um, but right now, you know, I'm not at a point where I'm having trouble putting food on my table or uh, you know, paying my bills so, you know, these cards are sticking with me. If I have a duplicate, sure, you know, I'd be willing to to listen to an offer. Uh, but a majority, well, not majority, all of my 90s rare cards, I have one of, you know, and I'm not, I'm not already man where I have, you know, five red PMGs or whatever. I eh, know he doesn't have five, I don't think, but, uh, he did you know, post I five I of, a,
0: of a credentials uh, earlier this week, I think.
1: Yeah, I saw that and I was like, wow, man, that's, you know, that's uh that's dedication. And, and, uh, you know, I, I respect that too. You know, I think everybody collects different. And I mean, I think for the most part, I I think they're all needed to make this hobby go, you know, you have some people flip and, you know, whatever. Um, and you know, I, I think it's, it's helps, helps the hobby. Most, most of the ways people collect, um, not all, but most, but yeah. And, and I think it's great that, that people are finally starting to realize that KU coach cards are rare and I don't, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like a lot of them are over in, in Asia. I feel like a lot of that, like, like the strike years, and this is just my opinion. I don't have any proof, but I feel like a lot of that stuff just didn't sell during the strike. And I feel like they just took pallets of it and just said, Oh, we'll send it over to Asia. And, uh, you know, I feel like, I feel like there's a chunk there and that's why we can't find a lot of this. It -hmm. it was either sent there or it was burned. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised with either, um, but yeah, just some of this, the, this, uh, rare 90 stuff, it's, it, it's not, I don't feel like it's in the U.S. I feel like it's elsewhere.
0: Right. And even, I know you've got cards from the early two thousands you're looking for that are numbered to 25, uh, a card, a 20 year old card that's numbered to 25 is not the same as finding a card numbered to 10 today. You know, it's, it's exactly. where, where six of the copies will show up on eBay in the first three months or whatever. It's, it's just mm-hmm. a completely different game. Uh, yeah. Well, Jeff, I'm glad that you've managed to keep all of your nicer stuff, uh, but obviously I wouldn't blame you either way. If you did sell mm. some of it. it, it's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. As we begin to wind things down today, I want to hear more about a few of your favorite cards. I know you have teased them a little bit. Well, now's that time. You, you know, the drill, run us through your favorite, your three favorite cards in your collection, starting with number three and working your way up to number one.
1: Oh, all right. Okay. So as I kind of uh, spoiled spoiled earlier. Uh, number three is the ninety-seven ninety-eight upper deck game jersey, um, and that was uh, kind of the first jersey card on the market. And when it hit, um, I believe, well, you know, and that was pre, you know, everybody was using Beckett or looking at Beckett. I think it came out. It was like around three hundred dollars what they listed the coup coach for when it first came out. And that was just a dream card. Um, and luckily I was able to get one for like under a hundred bucks. Once, you know, ever, the floodgates kind of opened and there was game used everything. Uh, they really kind of went down in value. And yeah, my brother-in-law was picked that up for me and I, I paid him back. Um, And I remember recently talking to JJJ Gambino and he was going for the set and he never got a coup coach. And I feel like, Kukoch is one of the, I mean, he's not, not Jordan rare, but mm-hmm. I feel like he's one of the more rare ones to get. And definitely that's a, a big card. You know, it's not all about value, but I've had people offer me pretty significant amounts for it. And it's just, it's just a no. I don't, I don't, I, I mean, it's, it's, you're going to have to, I shouldn't even say that because then people are probably be like, oh, I'm going to offer him the moon. Everything has, like, right.
0: Everything <laughs> has a price. You'd be surprised. Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, but yeah, that's definitely, Definitely a big card, and definitely uh, happy happy to own that one.
0: And yeah, it's it's a beauty. All right. So, what about your number two? Number two.
1: Now, th- now this is tough because there's about a thousand cards I think that I could put in this top three. Uh, but number two, uh, it's a Panini card, uh, fifteen sixteen National Treasures Clutch Factor Prime. Um, and it's got part of the 9/11 patch. I believe you got a 9/11 patch, of Jermaine O'Neal, maybe.
0: No, that I one. wish I did. I've got, I've got a leaf, a piece of a Brad Miller one. Oh, so, Brad Miller. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. But um the other half of that patch is in the 101 for the Clutch Factor and Tristan Thompson collector. Um, There was like a Raz or something. Uh, they were trying to sell it for like a hundred bucks or something, and at the time it was just like that's. Too much money for a KuCoach card, and so I think they ended up razzing it or whatever, and he won it. And he, I, I think he made me pay for shipping or something. You know, it was like a very generous gift and uh definitely a huge card. And you know, definitely a, a, a terrible time in in U.S. history. But you know, it's important to never forget that. And yeah, just just a big card. It's beautiful, great
0: auto, great patch. Definitely one of the better Panini designs. And shout out to Tim for that. Uh, Tristan Thompson oh, yeah. collector, shout out to him. If you have any rare Tristan Thompsons, if you can't find him, which you should be able to, but if you can't find him, just hit me up and I'll make sure to get you connected. All right, so uh, it will be hard to top that. I really don't know what your number one card is here. So let's go ahead and hear it. Well, I, I'll tell a little story. I'll try not
1: to make it too long. Because again, like I said, before we started, I like to talk. Um, but that my dad, uh, my dad and I have collected Together for many years, Um, and he went to a card show. I wasn't able to go. I don't know if I was working or had something going on or whatever. Um, And he said, "Well, I went to the show and I found a '96, '97 blue autographics KuCoach auto, and my eyes just got great big. So I'm like, that's a that's a big card. And again, free me being on eBay, just not a card you're going to see, uh, you know, just around. Um, and he's like, the guy wanted 150 bucks for it. And I'm like, holy crap, that, you know, that's a lot of money. Um, and he's like, you know, we just, you know, mon- money's tight. Um, and just didn't have the funds to get it. And I just, um, I, you know, I was like, you know, I understand, you know, I was a reasonable kid and I was like, ah, oh, that, you know, I, I understand that. Uh, you know, I appreciate you, you know, keeping an eye out for me and, you know, picking up some for me when you can. And, and so you know, I turn around to go back to my room. He's like, "Hey, why don't you go open uh, that drawer on the desk over there?" Um, and I walk over, open up the drawer, and it's sitting there in the drawer. Hmm. Um, and he had got it for me. And uh, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think I, 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 that card will never be for sale. I'll, I'll, get buried with that one. Just you know, well, we weren't, you know, we weren't rich by any means, but you know, to drop that kind of money on a card for me, and that kind of cemented my KuCoach collection. You know, it was like. That's a huge card, you know, and I want to continue to build off of that. And yeah, you see them. It's kind of tough because the the regular ones black, and sometimes you know if they stay out in the sun too much, they kind of fade, and sometimes they look kind of blue. Oh, but this one is definitely definitely blue. Uh, you know, was got it close to release time, so definitely no no worries about it not being authentic, because uh, it seems like you know the more they go on, the more more fakes and stuff that are out there. Uh, But yeah, that's my number one card and will always be my number one card.
0: Right. And you've got the provenance and the story to go with it. So that's uh, something that hopefully, you know, I've tried to communicate on this show, the stories that go with these cards, that's something that you can't replace. And, um, you know, always think twice before you sell stuff and move stuff because some of that, it's just, it won't come back. So great example of that, Jeff, uh, I've enjoyed chatting with you today, as always. I mean, we chat Frequently, but this time we just so happened to record it. Before I let you go, though, I want to give you a chance to plug uh, and now explain your social media handles, and then feel free to mention anything you're working on or anything you might be looking for. These next few moments here are yours.
1: Well, th- thanks again, Kyle, for having me. I really appreciate your weekly podcast. I look forward to it every week. You know, I'm like, is it Thursday yet? Is it Thursday yet? Keep doing what you're doing. I'm sure you get some some love, you know, over time, but really appreciate all the hard work that you put into this hobby, the knowledge that you're putting out there. It's appreciated by many. So so keep doing what you're doing. If you're ever like, man, I really don't feel like I'm making an impact. You are uh, even just the entertainment factor, I think is huge. But the putting that knowledge out there uh, for newer collectors is great. So keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it. Many of us appreciate it. So KU Coach ITB. Uh, so I'll try to make this story short because, again, I like to talk. But so I was looking for an email address in Yahoo. And uh, back in the day, you know, you would type in something you were looking for uh, or a name you were looking to do and then search. And then they'd give you options. And so I wanted something with KU in it because that was me. I was the KU Coach guy. Um, and, you know, they'd give you like KU Coach with like 10 digits after. It's like, no, nah, I don't want anything like that but Coach ITB popped up. I'm like, Kukoc ITB, that's, that sounds pretty cool. And I was like, oh, it could be Coach is the best. Or one thing we used to say in the 90s is it's the bomb. Like, it's really cool. <laughs> so I was like, it's either is the best or is the bomb. Um, so that's kind of what, where it come, came from. And I've just always stuck with that. So you can find me on pretty much every hobby forum, Instagram, email, Yahoo email. It's all Coach ITB. Yeah, so it, it is the best or is the bomb. Uh, yeah, there are some inappropriate ones that I won't mention so we don't get flagged on your podcast for having inappropriate language. But yeah, so some of the cards I'm looking for. And again, if you have anything, Kukoc, uh don't hesitate to reach out. You know, I'm not going to be a jerk and say, no, thanks. You know, I'll, I always appreciate people keeping eyes out for me at shows, card shops, whatever. Uh, but some of the big ones that I'm looking for, uh, ninety-nine, two thousand tops, MVP promotion, Orange Border, anybody that player collects or, or, knows about that product knows how tough those are. Um, and I've seen many player collectors get those over the years and definitely on the hunt for a coup coach. I have seen one on comc sold out. Uh, so I know that they're, they're around. I just got to get one, uh, one of these days. And again, so I think me and Kyle are separated at birth. Cause I feel like our wants are, are similar, different players, different teams, but, uh, kind of in the same realm yeah you um, actually
0: found the the 99 R test mvp at a show for me i did i and, did and, and sent it my way it.
1: yeah yeah and, and i'm glad that i could help help you with your collection because i know how how important those are and i know they're not cheap and i was able to get it for a very fair price and was able and that's the thing it's like let's help each other out you know what's the point of opening a bunch of cards and just throwing them in a box and letting them sit there you know if you got cards Uh, that aren't doing you any good, you know, there's other people out there more than likely that, that want those, you know,
0: Um, I know I'm slacking. I got to find you that coup coach. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I know
1: you are. And that's the thing As I don't, I'm not asking everybody, Oh, go out and buy me every coup coach card. You see, just keep an eye out for me. You know, I'm not asking for you to change the world here. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no. And I appreciate, you know, all the cards that you've sent me over time. And I know I've sent you a few as well and to have a pile going for you uh, currently. So Um, But again, going back to some of Kyle's loves 0506 tops, total gold to 10. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't believe I've ever seen one, but yeah, if you see one, I'm definitely interested. So don't hesitate to reach out with that. I will do another one just, and it's not, well, it's rare, but it's not numbered. Uh, 0102 Flare Shoebox Retail Footprints. And if you're like, I have no idea what that is. There's some on COMC. But they're they're tough. They're not numbered, um, and I'm not sure if I'll ever track yeah, that card. Down, that's but I just a horizontal that,
0: card, right? No, no.
1: It's it's vertical. Okay. Well, the base are vertical. Okay. Um, and it the front looks exactly the same as the base, except the name is in blue, and then it's got oh, wow. The, there's a footprint on the back, and the usual the the ones that are the real footprints are numbered to 150, uh, but the retail aren't numbered. Um, and I don't think I ever, I don't think I realized till just maybe in the last year or so that that card existed. Um, and I don't think I've ever seen one. I think if I would have saw one on eBay, yeah, I, I,
0: I wouldn't even know to look for that. So I'm going to have to look that up. Uh, that, that's the fun thing, Jeff, is I, I, I feel like I know some of these products fairly well. And then player collectors like you are educating me on the ones I don't. Yeah, definitely. And I mean,
1: that's the thing is I looked at other player collectors, you know, around that era and I'm looking through, and I'm like, "What is this?" You know, and it, it's it's uh, always fun to to you know learn from other collectors as well. So yeah, I've learned a ton from others. I probably haven't always communicated that to them, but you know, anybody that takes the time to to share off show their collection and and uh, I appreciate it, and it's it's fun. You know, when I see you know buddies like you or you know a, a lot of the player collectors pick up stuff that's rare. Uh, it's awesome. It's awesome feeling. And it gives me hope that, you know, someday I will track down a few of these
0: monsters over, over time. All right. Well, we'll put the word out there. We'll get pictures out and we will see if we can't make one more push to track this coach stuff down. Thanks again, Jeff. Yeah. Thanks Kyle. All right. Well, there you have it. I want to thank Jeff again for taking the time to come on the show. Maybe there was something we talked about today that resonated with you Feel free to reach out to me on social media. You can find me on Instagram under at Museum Podcast or X under the handle at Wax In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcast. Hit up the website for my affiliate links. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast.